Welcome to Mad Men and Tonic, recapping Mad Men one workday cocktail at a time. I'm Christina. I'm Elias. And we're finally at the end of season three. Yeah, took us over a year. But, yeah. Um, what are you going to do? What are right? you going to do? <laughs> um, we, just, we just couldn't, uh, we just didn't want to get here because of how good this in- episode You is, can right? comment on our in- Instagram, I guess. Yeah. That's what you can do. Yeah. A form of self-help. Yes. <laughs> But uh, no, I mean, it's just been a long, eventful couple years, yeah. and we're finally here. Yeah. Well, we um, picked a, a cocktail that works for this episode, but it's not hopefully related to how long it's taken this to get out. Grounds for divorce. <laughs> yeah, the grounds for divorce cocktail. <laughs> we're using a variation from a website called Mr. Boston Drinks. I don't know. Mr. Boston. It seems like it's some sort of... You don't know him personally. I don't know. Yes, I have not met Mr. Boston. Um, but it seems like they have their own little cocktail book. Um, and this shouldn't be confused with another grounds for divorce drink that you find in some other guides, like the Difference Guide. That one is pineapple heavy, which we've done a lot of this season. This one seems much more appropriate for uh, Dawn. We need to get back to the Heavy. Whiskey, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is like if you wanted to combine... Manhattan and old fashioned, and then make it stronger. <laughs> if, kinda, you, if you want to do your, that, if that's your kind of drink, then <laughs> this is for you. Um, it's a half, one and a half ounces of rye whiskey, three quarters ounce of Kirschwasser, which we haven't used since maybe the fourth episode of the show when we did the Amsterdam drink. Was it way back then? I thought we used it more recently. Um, I don't remember. I don't think so. But I remember though. it being an odd ingredient for us yes, to buy and hard a, to find. It's a cherry brandy, and it was very hard to find. Um, a quarter ounce of Sinar, which I had never tried before, another mm. uh, bitter or aperitif, and then a half ounce of Amaro. Um, put them into a stirring glass, stir, strain into a chilled cocktail glass, add an orange twist. That's your drink. Um, if you prefer, which I did with this one, uh, put it on the rocks because that'll help mellow the flavors with a little melted ice. But it is a doozy. It's still not mellow enough for me. No. Christina couldn't even be in the same region as this drink. Uh, it's very strong. And it's a fitting drink for the finale. Um, mm-hmm. In name, in strength, and in every way. Yeah. Back to the whiskey. Yeah, back to the Dawn originals. So let's get into... Season three, episode 13. Shut the door, have a seat. So we see Don wake up in Jean's room. Yeah, a ghoul in the attic, basically. <laughs> He's banished up there. Yeah, after... a coffin, banging on the pipe, sounding like <laughs> yeah. poltergeist. Yep, alarm clock goes off, seemingly late. <laughs> yeah, He's having a tough time, yeah. I would say. And yeah, he's clearly been sent there by Betty, or he and Betty's strife has caused him to start sleeping there. Yeah. More to come on that. Yes, we'll get, we'll get back to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then he goes in to see Connie, like, right first thing after he's up, it seems like. But Connie um, has some serious business to tell him about. And that is that McCann is buying PPL in there for Sterling Cooper, effective January 1st, 1964. In the words of Peggy, again? Again? Getting sold again. Right. Because um, it was just the end of... Last season, that yep. they got bought by the Brits, right? Yep, exactly. Um, and just like that, the Brits have tired of this uh, babysitting. This little project. Assignment, yes, yeah. this pet project, okay? It cost <laughs> someone their foot. It cost probably a lot yeah. of money yeah. and uh, a lot of broken plans. And so now they just say, fuck it. 
let's sell to an even bigger agency. But we know McCann is thirsty. Yes, and they've been thirsty a while. Yeah, and they're especially thirsty for someone within the walls of Sterling Cooper. Right, and that's exactly what Conrad Hilton says. It's like, Don, this is about, this is, you're going to be fine. I don't know about... You're the prize pig. I know exactly what's going to happen to Bert. I think that's the second time they've used that phrase this season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When a guy walks into an advertising agency, someone said that, and we know that... Their plans probably don't include much of Roger because he wasn't even on the org chart last yeah, time. It was an oversight, um, of course. But Connie's like, Don, this is it. You're stepping up. You don't have to like work client to client anymore. You're right. gonna get everything that's big, and that you're this gonna be is, a star. Yeah, you're already a star. Now it's time to go to the major leagues. Yeah, but Don says that McCann is a sausage factory, and he turned them down years ago. <laughs> Don, just gonna throw a little hissy fit here, isn't oh, he? Oh yeah. Yeah. I think was it was it the one was it the season one plot was that McCann or I can't remember if it was McCann or another agency that was courting Don through Betty. Yeah, that guy. Um, anyway, we yeah. know Don's being courted by the bigger agencies. It's been a running premise of the show. Yeah, and as when PPL bought them, that was like a a bargaining chip for the purchase. Was right. The idea that they'd get Don. Hence the duck contract fiasco of last season. Exactly. Of 2021. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for us, exactly. Um, Yeah, and then, you know, Hilton's basically like, I'd tell them to put you on, I'd tell McCann to put you on whatever other hotels, but I'm not really going to stick around, which we kind of knew already. Yeah. But then Don gets frustrated at Connie because he says his future, Don, that is Don's future, is tied up in this mess of these sales because of Conrad. Because... He was the impetus for Don signing a contract in the first place, so he's the reason that he's stuck during the time of the sale. Right, right. Um, and not the reason, but yeah, but a motivating factor. This friendship that they've developed has kind of like fogged Don's sense of importance, I think. And yeah. that's when he throws this little fit, blaming <laughs> Hilton. Right. Hilton goes, listen, I don't give a fuck. I do what I want. Yeah, okay? this is business. Yeah. You're gonna know it's business. We'll work together again. Like yeah, we'll see you. See you. See you when I see you. Basically, yeah. sucks to suck. See you when I see you. Yeah. Um. And Don, you know, as always, when he confronts Connie, has to just take it in the end. Yeah. Right. Because... He's got no leverage here, and he's got no real, um, I guess I'd say point, <laughs> in blaming Connie for this. Right. Yeah. In fact, no, Connie just... did him a favor. Yeah. By telling him beforehand. That this was happening. Yeah, and Connie spurs on the whole next action of this, essentially, at least. Maybe they could have found it out another way, but later, and the timing was of the essence here. Right, right. And, you know, you can argue whether Connie did it as, like, a personal um, personal favor. favor, or if he, you know, was just, was just know cutting business, business off with, yeah. with Don right then and there. Um, but either way, it puts Don in the know well before, I think, anyone intended Right, oh uh, yeah. The Sterling Cooper folks to be in the know about this. Yep. And yeah, they kind of, I don't know, they they ended up, again, like you said, Don pitching a hissy fit, and eventually Connie says that he, because he got everything he has on his own, he is immune to people complaining about that, and he's like, I didn't think that you were one of those people, Don. He I, loves to use that type of uh, phrasing. It's like, Don, I, please don't tell me I was wrong about you. Right, He does yeah. it multiple times, but... Yep. But it does kind of, I guess, trigger Don to thinking about where he came from and 
the father relationships, you know, in the beginning of his life. So he has a flashback. Yeah, it's kind of a severing of ties type flashback, I feel like. Yeah. And the flashback is back to the Depression era. It opens with uh, Don's father with a group of a collective of farmers. um, And they are struggling because the recent um, laws passed in the United States during the Great Depression um, have basically... Uh, authorized mandatory supply controls through acreage allotments and marketing quotas. Um, And this was a series of multiple acts, starting with one in 1933, the Agricultural Adjustment Act, which, as I said, basically um, designated certain crops basic commodities, and those were um, basically subject to price controls. And it was a really odd time because a lot of these places had surpluses, Mm. and yet people were starving. During right. the depression, because you couldn't um, afford the yeah, and there was a lot of issues that I can't. I'm no, I'm no expert on the depression, but the Dust Bowl croplands had been poorly farmed for so long that it wasn't really able to grow a lot of crops in certain areas anymore. Uh, hence, a huge Western migration of farmers, um, grapes of wrath type stuff. But what it did was also um, anyone that did have a surplus, as these four far- farmers did, they couldn't sell it. Yeah. And uh, they could actually be penalized for trying to sell a surplus. Because right. it was like, it was a limit on the price per like pound or price per bushel or whatever, and the amount that could be sold in a season. Is that right? Or Yes. Well, it yeah. was a limit on the pricing there, but also a limit on how much you could even produce going forward based on how much acreage you had. Yeah. So that the original act was deemed unconstitutional because of uh, some certain penalty provision. Um, of course, we tried again. Commerce clause stuff. No, we didn't get no, to the commerce yet. yet. We will. But this is right around when they expanded the commerce clause mm-hmm. uh, because of this type of stuff. Um, 1936 followed the Soil Conservation and Domestic Allotment Act, and that was... Uh, a law that let the government pay farmers to reduce production so it could conserve soil and prevent erosion. So a different type of crop or less of a crop. Mm. Um, and then finally, that was followed by the Ag Adjustment Act of 1938. And I think that's probably the one that's being referred to here. Um, yeah. It is the one of the final culminations, and it would be in place for a long time. That one did go to the Supreme Court. Um, in a famous case, any yeah. law student will know Wickard versus Filburn, where the farmer in that case was about to be penalized for overproducing wheat. And he sued, saying, you can't regulate this because I'm not selling it. I'm just storing it. And so that kind of mm. checks with what Don's dad is trying to do. He's trying to hold out the surplus right. so that they can get a higher payment um, by beating the surplus, by beating the price reduction yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and waiting for more scarcity. That case, the Supreme Court said, no, 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 even storage... Um, and I don't want to butcher the case. That would be embarrassing. <laughs> but the production quotas under the act were constitutional because it still had an effect on interstate commerce. Yeah. Um, whether or not you produce, consume, or market. Um, that's not material to deciding whether the feds can regulate it. Um, it's Oof. kind of a wild decision. <laughs> yeah, that's like... um, and that's all we really need to say about that. Um, yeah. But it is a, but it's a fascinating It's probably a whole thing decision. about like, how the court changed on commerce in that time yes and expanded it yeah uh, probably for 60 plus years i would say Mm -hmm. till the 90s it kept expanding and gave the federal government a lot of power but we don't want to get any further than that on this particular issue but it just kind of contextualizes what uh how this is still creating a struggle for farmers even though it's really intended to in the long run help farmers um 
by mm-hmm. regulating the prices and, con- competition that and consistent, making the yeah. prices consistent so that everyone can get paid. Right. Uh, but obviously not. And yeah. And yeah, right now it's, it's, um, like causing this, yeah, this tension about like that it's the, the price per bushel or whatever it is, is not going to be enough to like sustain these guys like through. Right. And so the wiki on one of these acts says that these laws probably affected 99% of farmers. And mm-hmm. in this case, you get the sense that for a lot of farmers, it'll help. For a lot of farmers, they can like withstand this change. But Don's dad's in jeopardy of losing the farm here. Like he cannot, they cannot. And a lot of the smaller farmers probably couldn't. They couldn't survive not being able to sell their entire yield at once. Right, right. Um, For each so season. Yeah. That's what they're arguing about. Um, yeah. And it is tense. I mean, yep. And yeah, the other the other farmers in the group are kind of like, let's try to like support each other. And, you know, they're feeling more collaborative about it. But Don's dad is just like, I'm going to hold it. I'm going to I'm going to go to Chicago. And I don't know if he's is he going to be selling like surplus or is he going to be like bootlegging? Well, he's holding out that. selling yeah. and then he doesn't, that's the second part of the flashback, right? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll get, but we'll get there, but this is just basically like a good parallel to businesses that they feel are being throttled by powers beyond their control at this point. And I think mm-hmm. that's what really harkens him back to this particular memory at this time mm-hmm. is trying to do something when you're really powerless to do yeah. something or are you? Well, <laughs> it varies for generation to generation here, it seems. Right. But, yeah, and the, we see young Don just, like, in the corner of the kitchen, like, sitting on a stool, like, not saying anything, but just, like, soaking in the, the argument. And basically, mm-hmm. um, Don's dad, like, tells the other guys to, like, get out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so there's your little little historical background. Historical Ac- and legal. Accurate or not, don't... Don't go putting this in any papers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> read read the Logner cases yourself and decide for yourself how you feel about the dormant commerce. Or is that that? That's not the dormant. That's the regular commerce clause. Lochner is contract, right to contract. Yeah. So. I did not do well in con law. <laughs> it was one of my worst grades of law school. But, uh, but you If did. you want to start with your commerce clause cases, <laughs> you probably end up starting with Wickard v. Filburn. Yeah. Very thrilling, very yeah. thrilling stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, so then we're back at um, in the here and now, and Don first goes to Cooper to tell him about the sale, and when he tells him, Cooper's response is, <gasps> Makes sense. Yeah. yeah, and Don's like, wait, did you know about this? And he's like, no, it's just like how he says their short-term thinking like kind of indicated that they weren't here to stay, basically. Yeah. Yeah, um, he has no issue. He's like, this just is part of the game, you know? Yeah. He doesn't, doesn't matter to him, really. Right. Yeah. And so, but Don's really antsy about it, obviously. Like, um, he's like, what, 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 so what are we going to do to stop this? Cooper's like, well, nothing. We have contracts. Like, what yeah. can we do? I'm going to retire. And, yeah. And uh, enjoy my ranch that I've never been to in Montana. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. His ranch. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, like, Don just tries to kind of push on him to be like this is your business like don't you feel bad about it being taken away he's like it already was i already sold it this episode really is a series of pitches from don to people um which is fun like what could we do that could beat uh the kodak pitch in the season one finale and then last season the contract negotiations right um let's have let's just chalk one full of pitches yeah and he <laughs> don sees that he has to you know change a strategy based mm-hmm. on who he's pitching to yeah oh yeah 
and you know cooper he he tries first this like you built up this business sort of thing and it's not as immediately as effective as he'd think but then don says like i want to be like you and i want to build something of my own there we go flattery yeah he's childless but he's still you know got that not fatherly but like that kind of paternal like instinct over the firm and over you know these executives he's seen like grow into their careers right and it's been established early in this earlier in this season that uh cooper does respond to this um back when lane had to convince him to go to the anniversary party (laughs) Um, and so yeah yeah he does respond to it and don gets him on board yep but he makes it clear to Don right away, which is something that, you know, is probably implicit in the fact that Don didn't go here first, but he probably knew he would have to, which is Roger's got to be involved. Yep. He went to Cooper first because things are still so frosty with Roger, but um, yeah. Yeah, but and, and also Don's initial plan here is to buy back Sterling Cooper. Mm-hmm. So he needs whatever you um, want to say about what Cooper's role is, and we've discussed the mystery behind it at this point in his career. He's got the capital to yeah. do it. And he's got Lucky Strike, which is the biggest bargaining chip out there, too. Well, Sterling does. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Cooper has the money. Then they have to go to Roger to get Lucky Strike. Right, yep, exactly. So, uh, yeah. Don's like, You've, you should you should talk to him. And Coop's like, nope, if we're doing this, it's going to be... Yeah, I'm not going to be a, a go-between for you two if we buy yeah. this company back. Because I don't give a fuck like, yeah. one way or another, really. It's yeah. about you guys and your right. future more than mine. So then they go over to Roger's office. He is um, finishing up a phone call. With Jane. (laughs) Clearly with Jane. Yeah. um, Talking about, yeah, no, I'm sure that um, the governor feels bad that, I think, I don't think they say the governor, but that was the take I, or what what I took from it is like, that he feels bad that the president died on his watch. Like, I know, I know. And then hangs up and says, Most interest that girl's ever had in a book depository. God, just a... Growing relationship, right? <laughs> yeah, just say that about your, you know, 22-year-old wife. <laughs> <laughs> but he tells them, and uh, Don tells Roger, and it's, like, the same response of, like, oh, again? Like, oh, from one John's bed to the next. I thought he was a little more shocked than uh, than Cooper was about this. Yeah, yeah. But he also doesn't really care, because, again, doesn't affect him. Right. Um, as he says, when he initially says no, it's like, I got stocks. You know, I got a stake. I'll be fine. I don't, you know, I don't care. I'm still paying alimony. I need, I'm always going to take an injection of cash if that's what they want to give. Right. But um, he also, and he sees immediately kind of where they're going with it. I know you're sniffing around because I have a golden pork chop dangling from my neck. What a good uh, description. He's not wrong. No, he knows. Yeah. He knows. He's barely an account person anymore, but he has the one that's worth $20 million. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, he can suss out why Don's coming in here to uh, make amends yeah. and pitch him on buying back the company. Right. And what Roger wants to get him to the point in the pitches is seeing him with his tail between his legs. Yeah. He wants to see him really grovel. Another common theme of Don's pitches here is he's got to, you know, deal with all the roosting chickens that uh, uh, he's... Um, raised. Cultured, yeah. yeah. <laughs> raised, raised over the, <laughs> raised the last three seasons. Raised chickens that come home to roost. Exactly. Um, yeah, but then, like, I don't know, Cooper gets a little, like, worked up about it, too, and says that he, Roger, sold his birthright to marry that trollop. Yeah, and then he also says, if you don't buy back this company, you're gonna die. 
Join or die, <laughs> yeah. as Roger summarizes. Yeah, he's like, you know what happens to men that, you know, are still young and uh, stop working? They die. They lose their appetite mm. and they die. They kill yeah. What do you think that is? Like, lose your appetite for, like, like the fight for like yeah i just think like competition mm-hmm. and like like your capitalist appetite your, probably yeah. your sexual appetite probably just your will to do anything yeah. you know and it all comes together and that's then you have no purpose in your life i you guess very old fashioned way to think of it well it's a capitalist way to think about yeah. it right you have to keep growing keep uh expanding or you'll die yeah. it's like all corporations you know yeah expansion at any cost but I feel like, yeah, I feel like now the the view of retirement is like you've reached like the pinnacle. Like now you're in your best capitalist years because you're just rich going around like RVing around America, spending money. <laughs> yeah, Roger in an RV. Traveling. Could you imagine that? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could not. Um, but again, like Don Esta sing for his supper and he says like i learned my lesson with hilton that i'm not accounts your accounts i'm just you know an ideas guy and roger tells him that you're not good at relationships because you don't value them i value my relationship with you you do now i do yeah we know don's a narcissist right Uh, (laughs) this is not a surprising observation i guess it might be coming from another narcissist that (laughs) also questionably values friendships Uh, yeah oh yeah exactly um but finally you know they get to a point where don says well i i value my relationship with you even if it's now i do right i've learned you know let's let's try to move this forward and finally he's tentatively i guess he's on board yeah i think yeah i think so and again it comes down to making sterling feel important and that they actually can salvage their relationship mm-hmm. um, to and do he, this because it is does. a huge risk yeah to try oh, and yeah. buy this back um but he's on board so the yeah. gang is slowly assembling yeah getting there <laughs> well as things change in the business world things are going to change at home yep a lot of endings too don gets home betty sends the kids to bed or upstairs, and she tells him to sit down and that she made an appointment with a divorce attorney, suggests that he do the same. Yep. The the writing's been on the wall, and Don just consider, continually um, refused to believe it, or refused to take it seriously, I yeah. think. Um, and still here he does. Yeah. Because he's like, Bets, what are you making appointments with attorneys for? You need to see a doctor, a good one this time. Yeah, God. Just uh, just not the right thing to say at all, yeah, is it? <laughs> right. Like, for you're gaslighting her, and you're also, like, even though you were the one that was so opposed to her actually seeing a doctor back when she did that, too. Right. Like, yeah. But unlike the surprise sale of of Sterling Cooper, this was foreseeable. Oh, yeah. We've, this has been building in She's the last few episodes. about yeah. this to and, him, too, foreseeable. It's just another thing that you just, we've been noticing throughout, is he just doesn't take her seriously. No. Right. Never has. And that's why it's gotten to this point with her, you know, yeah. trying to have these conversations with him and finally being like, oh, no, I had to, I just went and saw an appointment I or I have an appointment with an attorney. Yep. Like, it's done. Well, of course, he reacts, you know, great. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not going to let you break up this family. I didn't break up this family. Um, good try. Good, good try. try, Dick Whitman. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Good try. You lying about your whole well, life and having through. been married, technically. 
sort of in a way before me. We've been through a lot with these two. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that anyone is really upset <laughs> to see this marriage end. Any of the viewers. No, um, like the maybe the portrait photographer. He's like, they come in every year and they just look so yeah, perfect. Right? So that's who's my, this is this my, year's portrait photographer. This is the one that gets me more clients every year, this picture. Right, right? it's in his lobby, yeah. Table. Yeah, like, this will get me into the catalogs one of these days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so then, you know, he just goes upstairs and they just kind of ended on that. Yeah, he that refuses note. to uh, acknowledge, acknowledge or, yep, there's no um, real conversation here. It's the same. So next day at work, we've got, is it Cooper's office? Yes. Don, Roger, and Cooper are in Cooper's office. Lane comes in. They say, Lane. Lane, please shut the door and have a seat. We got it. We got Ooh, it. it's the title. Maybe 10 minutes into the episode and we get the title. Gotta love it. And then that's when you're like, okay. Yeah, it's Things serious. Things are getting getting serious. And Lane is uh, tickled by this. He's got oh. a big smirk on his face. He's like, what's going on here? Yeah, but they, you know, they're like, we know. We know about the sale. And he's like, what sale? I don't know what you mean. What you're talking about. And they're like, come on, Lane. <laughs> we bought tea. Go yeah, on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> don't be a stranger. Yes, the classic uh, Sterling line that yeah. we've heard. Don't act like a stranger, rather. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then he's like, Okay, okay. Um, but he says, you know, almost, that's, you're nearly right, except for we're only selling you guys. We're not selling PPL. Or, yeah, yeah. PPL is not part of the sale. It's just Sterling Cooper like, yeah. as an asset, essentially. And your 12% buyback price uh, above what they were being sold for, Lane's like, no, 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 no. It's worth way more than that now. Yeah. You know, this is... Yeah, it's this just, is a... it's not going to happen. Right. It, and he says, you know, it's not my, my 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 choice. Do you think that part of it being worth more now is that Don is like a locked in part of the sale? Uh, I think that the company's just appreciated well, probably. It seems like they're successful. Mm-hmm. I think that that's bullshit because well, I guess at this point Lane doesn't know that the uh PPL's being sold too. Yeah. But he doesn't have any chance of all he can do and that, I guess that's all that they're asking for him is to relay that to the heads. Like, we want to buy it. Let us, like, as individuals, buy it out instead and, like, give you a better price than McCann did. But he's like, 12% is not going to happen. Yeah. Um, And he apologizes. Yeah. He quite liked it here. Right. (laughs) And then, like, well, this sucks. You know, shoot. Roger's like, hey, at least we only have, like, you know, a year. And then for Dawn, three. Like, only a few contract years and then they can, like, you know. They'll give it another go. Right. The true sign of um, resigning to your fate, right? It's like, only, well, we only have to deal with this for several years. Several years. <laughs> and then we'll be free again. Right. Um, the next uh, contract and money issue to figure out is the inevitable uh, separation agreement that's coming up for Don and Betty. And yes. how everyone's going to, how the divorce is going to proceed. And unlike Betty's first discussion with an attorney, a few episodes ago. This time she has backup. and Backup with clout here, doesn't she? Yeah. She goes into the office with Henry, and it's like a friend of his. Yeah. So, and I guess we got the sense of this. This is not just a divorce anymore. It's a divorce and a remarriage, um, which completely... Promptly. Yes, promptly. <laughs> um, which completely changes the outlook for Betty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
But, you know, initially it causes some concern on the part of the attorney that this is going to be harder than you think because in New York, there's only four grounds at that time for a divorce. Absence, insanity, imprisonment, adultery. Man, that was tough in those days when you had to have grounds for divorce, as the cocktail would tell you. And you need to be able to prove it in court. Yeah. That's even harder. Right. Um, And so obviously meant to discourage divorces at all costs. Right, Um, right. And to, you know, continue a patriarchal society. And and so here the lawyer's like, listen, adultery, (laughs) sure, that's one of the grounds. But you're here with another guy already. Yeah. Like, that's that's both sides at fault. So that's going to throw that out the window. Basically. Yeah, yeah. No, you can't just be yeah. like, Don cheated on me. And it's like, well, yeah. look at this. But he is put in his place by the morality police, Betty and Henry. Because apparently the you know narrow distinction that they are drawing is that they haven't slept together. Yeah. They're planning to get married. For her to divorce her husband, they're going to, you know, go to Reno. They've, like, talked about getting a hotel room, but, like... Yeah. Well, I don't know how much of a morality plurry, pol- police take Henry's comment is uh, about there being another scandal on the government's ticket to the attorney. That yeah. seems like, listen, you're really going to make this oh, worse like, than yeah. you need to? need to. He's like, come on. Oh. Yeah. Well, but yeah, Betty is like very affronted. She's like, well, that's not, that's not what this is. But right. yeah, maybe you're right that he's like, even if it is, what are you going to yeah. say it's something? Like, come on. Yeah. yeah. I d- but I don't know. Maybe I'm missing what he's trying to say there. But my thought is like, come on, really? You're yeah. going to frame it like that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I think that's a good Because pretty obviously take. it's his attorney. Yeah. He and there, he's yeah. like, I am so sorry. And he is basically facilitating this cuckolding divorce. Right. <laughs> that's how it could be framed for his end. I don't, I, obviously we know how toxic this marriage has been. Right. Um, but he has no context really for this other than, you know, the attorney's no. just like, well, I don't know. You, <laughs> Yeah. What do you want me to think? I don't know anything about the situation right. other than you two coming in here together. Right. You showing so. up on my doorstep. Yeah. I let pleading, you in. Pleading for a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, you know, yeah, it's tough in New York with all these grounds. That's why people go to Reno. Fabulous Nevada. Yeah. Let's say there was not a... An Elvis song called Viva. Reno. Viva Reno. Well, maybe at one point. I don't know. Maybe there is a song about Reno yeah. other than Johnny Cash shooting a man in Reno. <laughs> yeah, well. But uh, um, that's the answer. You have to yeah. go there, establish residence, six weeks, and then you have to get Don's consent. And that's it. You don't have to go to court. Yep. It's done. And that's what, uh, yep. And then, Which, yeah, is still too much more than people should have to do, like... Right. You know, that's why, again, it's like these laws are really archaic and it's hard to, like, fathom them these days that you had to do all of this, all these hoops to, like, not be married to someone that you didn't want to be married to. Yeah, and I don't know when all those laws changed. It does seem shockingly late to me that it was still the 1963, end of 1963, and these it was still this difficult. But uh, the show, I take the show's historical um, writing. Yeah. and I think it varied yeah. by state, too. So. I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. But, yeah, then, then it, you know, if if that once that's figured out, the only other thing to do is the alimony and what does Betty want? Whatever she's entitled to. Of course. Um, but, again, Henry has an escape hatch. Yeah, he's ready. in a sidebar and be like, no, 
I'm going to pay for everything I want to, and I want to pay for you and your kids, and yeah. I don't want you to have any further dependence on Don. Yeah. Listen, I'm in politics, which means I already have money. Yeah. We're good to go here. Listen, yeah. I was a member of that same club Roger and his rich, Roger's rich family was. Right. Just off the cuff. Yeah. You know, your husband's new money, but I'm, I'm I, established. I've got something there. Exactly. So that makes it that much easier, too. Um, yeah. And then the kids are the other thing. He goes, that's fine. I'll take on those rugrats. <laughs> I raised kids 15 years ago. I'll remember. I'll remember everything. I'll be great. Yeah, yeah. great. Sounds great. We got a plan. Betty is touched that he will you Do know, all that. take on yeah. that. So things are moving the right way for her. Right. Definitely that. a better uh, conversation with the lawyer than the last one. Yeah. He basically said, you're fucked. Uh, like just tough it up. Put your head down. Enjoy what you have. There's right. Many, well, many in worse you're positions. You're going to be destitute. Yeah. Many know. that are in worse positions than you. Even. Yeah. Right. So. Well, all right. Um, back to the office. Back to the office. Split up drama. So, uh, Lane knows now. He's like, oh shoot, the Sterling Cooper partners know what's going on with the sale, so he's going to report up to tell. Sinjin that. Yeah, so for all of Lane's basically like, I'm not, it's not going to happen. He still does do what they ask and reports up the offer of a 12% uh, uh, buyback. Yes, yeah, um, yeah, I guess he, I took it more as like him telling on, like warning warning PPL that they know about it and that they might be kind of grumbly rather than like legitimately thinking they'd entertain the offer. Yeah, but this way he can go back to, and say to them, I, I told them, yeah. I told them about it. That's true. And I told you that they weren't going to take it and that's exactly what happened. But so he's like, yeah, no, they told me this whole crazy story about how not only are they getting sold, but we are too. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. He's <laughs> drinking his little martini. He's like, oh, I'm afraid that news is getting out. Yeah. Oh man! Imagine how Lane must feel, right. um, like the fact stabbed that, in the back. The fact that everyone else found out before him. Mm-hmm. So uh, obviously he's got to like think about himself. Yeah. In here, and that's what he does. He's like, "Where's my place here in this yeah. type of huge sale now?" Right. But he's like, "I'm kind of like the acting boss of this agency, and yet all four, all three of the guys below me found out about this before me. So right. I don't have the same channels that they do." I don't know how uh, this happened, and yeah. this does not bode well for me transferring over and maintaining the position I'm in. Right. That's kind of what I feel like is going through his head. Yeah, and especially because they affirmatively told him that Sterling Cooper was being sold and left that part of it out, which is a huge part of it. And so he's like, oh, so they like were omitting like key things to me. Right, and we're only months past uh, Lane basically being on the verge of being sent to India right, to yeah. run those offices. Yep. Um, so He has no trust. Yeah, apologies that he right. doesn't take Sinjin's, uh, you know, I'll put a good word in for you too seriously, I think. Yeah, and they basically tell him, like, yeah, you'll be part of the transition, and then after that, I'm sure you'll you'll show that you're irreplaceable. Yeah, and of course this is so all no retro- guarantee. Yeah. And this is all retroactive from what we see in the rest of the episode. Watching this as it happens... You know, there's still a bit of doubt until going into this call as to whether... Who's right. Yeah, who's accurate and what the sale entails. Yeah. Um, but now we find out. Don was right. Lane didn't know. And Lane's in the same position he was in June where he doesn't know where he's going to end up. Yeah. Or even if he's a big part of the sale. So, right. Yeah, exactly. Oof. Slam that phone down. Yeah. And now he's he's got to think and maybe 
the earlier conversation would yes. be going a little differently. Let me have a think on it. Yep. <laughs> and then we have another flashback. Yes, as Don senses the end getting nearer, uh, it's a flashback to another end. Yeah, yeah. Because he, when he walks in first, he gets home and sees Sally sleeping in his bed yeah. in Jean's room. So he's thinking about, yeah, where where he's come from and his past and everything. Tumultuous time. Yeah. But, um, again, this is the, it's the same night as the scene with um, his father earlier with arguing with other guys in the cooperative about, like, the, the price gouging do and th- all that. Do you think it's the same night? I thought it was a couple months later. Oh, really? And that he had held out mm. for a long time, uh, but now they're at risk of losing the farm. Oh, okay. And that's why his wife's yelling at him. That's that's gotcha. kind of the sense I got, is that yeah. a, a little bit of time had passed and they are just not able to hold out anymore like he wants to. Yeah, that might, yeah, you might be right. Um, but at any rate, it's, it's, it's a continuation of the same conversation of, you know, mm-hmm. What are we going to do with like how this, how this um, pricing you know is affecting us? And you're right; they talk about like we're in danger of losing like the house. Right. And so he grabs his bottle of moonshine. moonshine. I assume. Yeah, I don't. Uh, who knows? Unlabeled liquor, <laughs> and he says he's going to Chicago. He's drunk. Yeah. As his wife points out immediately. You're drunk. Yeah. yeah. And that, not that we couldn't see it either. <laughs> yeah, he's no, he's like... This is not some new revelation. Right. I think we knew that. Yeah, that his dad... And I think Don's made reference to his dad being, you know, a drunk and abu- abusive and... Well, you know, and also that he died from being kicked by a horse. So we, we don't know yeah. that that's coming here. But right. we do know that's how he's... Dad died. And I guess I forgot. Not, like, forgotten, but yeah, if you hadn't, like, caught that detail... This might have come as more of a shock. Right. Um, but, yeah, he goes out. He's like, I'm going to Chicago. And he goes out to the barn. And um, it's not Don's mom, but his wife um, or Don's dad's wife is like, all right, go ahead and go with him. Like, he can barely stand up. Yeah, he can't drive the cart. Yeah. So you better go help. So Don goes out to the barn where his dad's, like, you know, getting the horse ready to go. And... He, Don takes a swig of the moonshine out of the thing and then, like, coughs and sputters yeah. and Don's dad laughs at him. Perhaps even more consequential scene was this Don's first taste of the alcohol that he's come to drink in almost every scene oh, of the wow. show. Oh, There's some um, deep trauma Yeah, I for wonder you. if it connects to... Some Freud stuff. Yeah, some weird something there. That's but. a good point. Uh, but he, he laughs at how much Don grimaces, which is, like, funny when you see, like... Yeah, that's... people like smell something or taste something that tastes like awful to them. Oh yeah, especially kids because kids can't like hide a oh, emotion yeah. on their face. Yeah, when we were in Italy and your cousins even smelled grappa or limoncello, they <laughs> gagged. <laughs> like that. And I found it hilarious then. I'd find it hilarious today. <laughs> it's just funny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but so then you know, again, he's getting the horse ready, and it's like raining outside, storming outside. There is a flash of lightning which startles the horse. Don's dad was standing behind it at a not safe distance and gets he, kicked in the head. He had dropped something and was oh, down there picking down. it up mm, uh, behind the, the horse. horse. And yeah. then the horse kicked him, yes. But still, you shouldn't be that close behind a horse. You should never stand behind a horse yeah. um, if you can help you. it. Now, this is interesting because of the lightning. Spooks the horse. Right. Um, so it, normally, it moved in an unexpected way. Right. but And, you know, a lot of people that are, you know, like the ranchers in my family that are really familiar with horses. They can get away with walking behind a horse or doing that. Yeah. It's still dumb and not safe, but you sure. would do it certain times because you sure, just like have a better he, sense. And, yeah. you know, and I'm not, I didn't mean that to be like blaming him, but I was like, he, 
that's how it happened is because he was close enough behind the horse that the horse right. kicked and then it kicked him. And so, yeah, I mean, that's going to leave this gray area about this death probably um, whose fault it was. Was it being drunk? Was it just a freak accident because mm-hmm. of the lightning? Right. You know, the timing is so uh, yeah. terribly perfect. Right. Um, but, I mean, that's you're down on your knees by a horse's foot and the horse kicks and hits you in the head. You're you're not gonna make it. That's scary. You're just like not I, make and it. I wouldn't have thought of that, but it's like, yeah, no, they're you know thousand pound animals with tons of muscle muscle strength and force going into like a movement. Yeah, that, yeah. any of those what do you call them equine animals? Uh, I was reading yeah. a Ask Reddit about dangerous animals for zookeepers, mm. and they say you know it's it's the giraffes oh, that wow. are really really dangerous to the zookeepers because you know you form relationships with the animals that are really like normally dangerous but giraffes are dumb and they kick and they're just so big yeah and so even if, you if get, you're yeah. if you get hit by a kick by one of them Ugh. it's over because of just the power they can pack in those legs yeah um, and and yeah you're probably you're probably right that he he's kind of like you know someone that was raised on and grew up on a farm that you just do that all the time without you know you become so accustomed to being around the horse that you just you aren't thinking about it right. like as carefully as like someone like me who is never like yeah. Growing up around that when I like when we went horseback riding at your family's ranch, I was like, What how can I come up to the horse? Like, is it going to like what are you know, what's everything I need yep. to know before I get near it? Left side, don't walk behind. Yeah. That's it. And they were they're nice. fine. They're tolerant of me. I mean, generally they're pretty cooperative creatures. Yeah. And this yeah. that's why this is like pretty freakish for this right. to happen. It was just bad. Um, but one of the things that we learn, um, first of all, we see this whole yeah. scene, Ooh, um, which is really, yeah. it's pretty terrible and we see to Don see. react, which is awful. Well, I think that's something that we also did not know that we found Don out. saw it. We did not know Don was there and well, Don saw his, it. now I could be wrong. I'm trying to remember exactly when. I don't think when, ever mentioned that. I'm trying to remember it. exactly when Don shot that up. Let's do a quick. Okay. And we're back. Thank you, the internet, <laughs> for helping with us. We're trying to remember this. Season one, episode... Ten. Ten. The long weekend. Long weekend. Don tells Rachel in a post-coital embrace about his childhood and that his dad was a drunk that died getting kicked in the head by a horse, but does not mention... That he saw it. That he witnessed it. Exactly. Right. So... Just yeah. another revelation here if you really follow the flashback scenes closely, even though they're much maligned. This one actually carries... By me. Especially by, by me. you. Yeah. <laughs> but this one actually carries some heft to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's significant for sure. And yeah. So we find this out. Obviously, it explains a lot of trauma um, that may have affected Don moving forward. Of course. Um, so. Naturally. That's how it leaves yeah. on him, like, then, crying over his father's body. And then sad to watch. Flashes back to him looking at Sally and going to lay down with her. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we've we seen that throughout, that though he is obviously flawed in many ways, he does try to connect with his kids more than he felt when he was a child. Yeah, and he's quite keen of how already, how much better he's been able to provide, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, he values the fact that he's given them a so-called traditional upbringing right. to this, which yeah. will resonate a bit later in this episode, yeah, too. because they're going to have their own trauma yeah. to work through um, their Which is one of the great things of the show. We do get to explore that moving forward as well. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. So anyway, that's how that scene ends. When yeah, it's tough. We uh, awake to... 
Don feeling fresh as a daisy the next yep. day. Arrested. Ideas churning yep. in his brain. Ready to make those pitches. Allison uh, lets his guests in, not knowing she is sealing her <laughs> her own fate. <laughs> yeah. At least, you know, temporarily. Not only her own fate, but the fate of the entire What agency. if she's just like, I don't know, I have a bad feeling about it. You guys go, get out of, get out of Don's office. I had, I had a dream last night, and my mother says, always listen to your dreams. <laughs> well, we could, could think change of... history. Maybe one time we'll do a bonus episode of incredible what-ifs in this show based on uh, less than significant scenes like this one of her letting them into the... <laughs> letting the three bosses into the office. With of Don. the other boss. Yeah. 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 No, I don't. <laughs> um, But because of the, like, serious nature of it and... Um, all of that. Roger is wondering if Don is here to read his will, and if so, he wants the caddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Classic Roger. Yep, Roger's back to feeling comfortable with Don, making yep. smarky-ass comments, so we know that seems to have healed magically. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he tells them to close the door and have a seat. Ooh. A variation. Yeah. <laughs> But same thing, like a continuation of the same thing. Like, we're having a bunch of serious conversations in this episode. Exactly. Because there's a lot going on. Right, and it's private. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's for the big, big Al- wigs You hear only. that, Allison? Allison, Allison, get- shut the door. Allison, Allison, shut the door. <laughs> get that cup off the door, okay? We can, t- we can see the shadow in the in the uh, painted glass. <laughs> That's why we have the smoky glass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's like, I couldn't sleep. Yes, I guess he's not rested, but he's uh, thought being thinking the There's next day. Different ways to be energized. Exactly. Yeah. He couldn't sleep because he's got a exciting exciting idea, which is wanting to go to McCann directly to buy the agency. Because again, he Roger or he yeah he Roger and Cooper think that Lane gave them the correct story yesterday, which is like no, yeah. this is just the like just a sale of parts. And to be fair, so did Lane. At yeah. that point. Yes. We yeah, know that's no, not exactly. the case anymore, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, so then Lane has to tell him, like, no, like, I told you before, this isn't going to happen, that a sale thing isn't going to happen, and even more so now, because I know that we, PPL, are also yeah. part of the sale. He says you're right. We're done. Yeah. So you can't, you can't buy a part of this, because this is a whole big deal. Yep. Yep. It's out of your price range, boys. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yep. But... Lane is kind of Lane's kind of kind of frustrated because he's like, you know, we talked about this already. Like, you should know this is a done deal, and that he should fire you all for being part of this conspiracy. Oh, funny you mentioned that word, Lane. A yeah. Conspiracy. But not before Don gets in a little jab because he's, you know, he's gotten himself all worked up about this idea, and he's like, "Go ahead. It's the only thing you did well here." Which is tough because we know that Lane didn't like relish like that part of it. And we also, well, we'll come back to that line, too, because it's actually vindicated in a few minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or not vindicated, completely tossed out the window as insincere, I right. would say. But Roger's like, okay, Don, like, relax, have another drink, you know, it's 930. <laughs> Don yeah, have wow. Like a... Pot calling the kettle black or what? Right. It's the same guy that ha- was mixing his vodka with milk to help his oil ulcer. Yeah, so, uh... exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Don did have, like, a... Yeah. Few, few fingers worth of, of whiskey in there. Well, you're about to enter a lame duck period, it seems like, so might as well get blasted at the office while you're trying to conspiracy your way out of the position you're in, out of your contract, that you never wanted to sign in the first place. Right. 
But now, his his little jab at Lane gave him an idea. Or no, well, I guess Lane's Lane's comment about, I should fire you guys. Yeah. Gives Don an idea. Why don't you fire us? You can do it. Wait a minute, yeah? Get rid of our contracts. And then we won't be part of the agency that is being sold. This has to be illegal. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know it's anything about... It's a breach about... of the implied covenant of good faith and fair dealing of their contracts. Yeah. But uh, yeah. you know what? He's the boss. It's definitely a breach of Lane's contract, I would think. Yeah. But I... And I don't know enough about corporate regulation It might be a corporate or, conspiracy. Or like or a corporate, any... like, yeah, making decisions based on information you're not supposed to know. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. But they've been... They've... At this point, I feel like they're fair ground on that because their superior has told them that that's what's going to happen, that the company's going to be sold. Right, so that's yeah. not an issue anymore. But now. this whole circumventing thing oh, yeah, and this no. what's about to occur is, apart from being extremely exciting and... Uh, Thrilling to watch. Brilliant. <laughs> it, there's just no way that they could get away with this. I just cannot... Not in today's world. Yeah. But I, I, you know, 1963? Yeah. And there, there, maybe there's more ways out of a contract than there are out of a marriage in 1963. <laughs> <laughs> Must be, yeah. So Don makes his proposal, and then, you know, Cooper's like, well, Lane at first is like, you're just going to chuck me, too. And he's like, that's not, and Cooper's like, nonsense, we're going to make you a partner, without, like, mentioning that to anyone. But then Lane says, it's worth more than that. And Don then, like, puts on his biggest grin, and he's like, so, we're it's, negotiating. It's one of many beautiful reactions to a line in the episode. Like, yeah. the evil the evil joy evil the in grinch, John's face. he's like the grinch when the grinch realizes his plan <laughs> that to ruin big Christmas. smile yeah. pre-heart growth so we're negotiating yeah. yeah and of course without talking with the others don says we'll throw your name on the building yeah how's that sound and roger's like hey wait, wait i don't know about that <laughs> but yeah you know he can tell like lane's warmed up to this idea he's like and everyone's kind of like okay like let's follow this thread here and no one forgets the old org chart Everyone knows that Lane's position was not quite solidified in that org chart either. Mm-hmm. He was going to be uh, below John Deere guy. I can't remember his name. McKendrick. Now. Yeah. Yeah. The young um, like yeah, superstar. Yeah. Like we said, he was going to get sent to India to run that ship, uh, whip that department into shape. Yeah. So this has to appeal to Lane uh, mm-hmm. as someone that has not really felt sure about his position at PPL even. Yeah. Yeah. And so now he's given a chance to be at the top. No matter what. Right. And again, his last conversation with Sinjin really cemented that he doesn't even feel sure about his position even at PPL because they, like, omitted that big fact for him for quite a while. Right. And would have let him just flounder. Imagine the same guy saying, we're sending you off to India after this gets set up, after you've done your job here. And then after they're selling the company to someone else, says, oh, I'll put in a good word for you. You cannot put any stock in that. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So, yeah, then, they all, then they're all going to go sit down and really chat about it. And Lane is like, you know, it could be done, but, like, you're going to need a ton of money to even make this, like, initial jump, like, not screw you over financially. Yeah. And not just Rocky Strike, and he's like, you know, he doesn't say it, but it's like, I assume, Roger, you're here, and that, for yeah. that reason, like, Lucky Strike is coming. But. Well, Sterling says, assume we have Lucky. Yeah. It's like, yeah. But that's all he can take. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, otherwise, Lee, Lee Garner Jr. will not think he is special if anyone else comes along. Um, and no, we do not have Hilton. But Lane's like, you're still going to need like a few more millions, millions of billings. But they're like, we'll get them. 
Yeah. So if we get them, like, what else do we need to start thinking about? And Lane, like, really quickly thinks up, like, how to make this happen in a way that gives them, like, the most amount of time they could get with, like, the short timeline of it's around Christmas and this needs this needs to happen before New Year's when With, the deal is final. Within minutes of Don, like, presenting this conspiracy, Lane has worked out how to, <laughs> to make it happen. Yep. And is it in this scene where they say, do you know how to do what he does? And everyone goes, I don't know how to do what Lane does. And this is exactly... Um, you know, minutes after Don says all he could do is fire people. Yeah. <laughs> we see exactly Lane's value. Which in is gaming it all out. Which is he can he is an organizational logistical savant, basically. Yeah, right. He this is what he does. Right. Like he already was like, You guys need to think about more accounts and then he's like, Okay. You need more I, yeah, and you need more money than just what the accounts check. bring in. Yeah. You need right. overhead. Yep. Yeah. He's like, Okay, if I send a fax or telex, I don't know if that's the same thing. If I send a fax at noon it will arrive after the close of business in London, and it'll be Monday at 2 a.m. by the time they hear about it, when they're when it's like Monday 8 a.m. for them. So that gives us the whole weekend to create a skeleton staff, get our accounts together, and he says, obtain materials for continuity of service. And Don is like, okay, you mean steal. Yes, commit huge amounts of theft yep. of corporate documents <laughs> and therefore lane tells them so that way be for that reason if we ask anyone they need to be a certainty or else they're going to know about our plan they could sabotage us yes absolute so. secrecy so then they're like well what do we vote or something and they do a new corporation is born yeah <laughs> well gentlemen i suppose you're fired <laughs> well that's official Friday, December 13th, 1963. Four guys shot their own legs off. Yep, that's about right. And then they need to start putting the stuff into place to keep the staff distracted about not going into the office that weekend while they are stealing everything from their place. Yep. Which is allegedly a carpet cleaning project. A, carp a lie about carpet cleaning. Yes. So... <laughs> And now we get to see the team. Now we're getting the gang together. Now we're, you know, Ocean's Eleven. We need one more yeah. montage or the Anchorman. You know, it's a classic trope. MacGruber. Getting the gang together. Yes, yeah. exactly. So who is the gang that's got to be got together? This tells us a lot about, like, who, you know, these people see as the keys to the future success of the company and who, therefore, are the stars here now. Right. And so we know it's got to be, you can just suss out, it's got to be another accounts person. Mm -hmm. um, got to be another creative person. And you need another creative. Okay. So um, Don comes out of his office. He tells Allison about the carpet cleaning and, therefore, they need a memo going to the whole office about it. And he's like, get Pete on the phone. Or he, no, he says to get Pete. And Allison's like, he's he's out sick today. And she's like, okay, we'll call him. At his house. Yeah. yeah. But then he yells around the corner. Because Peggy, <laughs> Peggy is right next to his office. So she just yells, Peggy, my office. No surprises here, right? No. Unless you thought they'd take Cosgrove. Or try and take Cosgrove. Since he just got a promotion uh, recently over Pete. Uh, but let's see. Um, <laughs> Ken, you know. Is just dilly-dallying, and they need someone with some scrappiness to him, some fight in him. Yeah. Which is Pete. We've spent three seasons now establishing that even though we're not sure they like each other, they have a, a lot of commonalities. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
certain loyalty. Because remember, was that back in season one where Don wanted to fire Pete? Oh, yeah. And tried to. Cooper taught him a very valuable lesson. Keep him on. He might be more loyal than ever. Right. Yeah. We find out that's not true, but we'll get there <laughs> in a second. Yeah. Um, but of course, and Peggy, of course, has been Don's protege and, you know. Peggy was a shoe in And is a star. Was She's the best, you know, the best, other than Don, the best creative here. Was he going to take Kinsey? No. No one wants Kinsey. No. Nobody wants Kinsey. Yeah. Kinsey doesn't even want Kinsey. <laughs> Kinsey knows that he's bad as good as Peggy. Yes. We yeah. had an whole episode about that earlier this season. Exactly. So. Yeah. And she's kind of surprised, and so she asks Allison, like, what do I need to bring? Like, what, what account is he wanting? And she just shrugs. She's like, girl, I don't know your problems. Yeah. Good luck. It's not my problem. I just call people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Peggy thinks she's coming because Don is so brusque. He tells her to come in, shut the door, sit down. Whew. They're yeah, really pushing getting, those buttons. We're getting even briefer with the message. <laughs> <laughs> Time's of the essence now, yeah, though. Right. So. Yeah, exactly. And she thinks she's going to get yelled at that she didn't get the art for Western Union yet. And she's like, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, doesn't even, like, clock that. He's like, We're, they're selling the company. Again? <laughs> uh, yeah. And basically she's like, he's like, you need to get all your accounts, as many accounts as you can together by the end of the weekend and be ready, like, Monday morning. And she wants to know who else is coming with. He's like, why, does it, why do you care? It should be, like, he doesn't say this, but it's like, it should be enough that, like, I'm asking you. Right. and Telling you, she says. And through most of the show, that has generally been enough. Right. But she has a better sense now of her value to the agency, to Don, um, on the open market for creative. Exactly. Advertising. Yeah. This is mid-courting from McCann anyway, right? Wasn't Duck trying to get her to go to McCann or is that to Ogilvy? I can't Somewhere. But, yeah, and she's probably also feeling Yeah, you know, she's been recruited. Herself. She's been recruited, along with Pete, which makes this all the more funny to think about, that these are the first two they go to are the first two that Duck called to try and poach yeah. uh, earlier in this season. Right. So everyone's on the same page of who is... Valuable. Who's got worth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she pushes back on Don and says... You just assume I'll do whatever you say follow you like some nervous poodle well she sees the leverage now right Mm -hmm. she's got clout for the first time yeah so she needs more than that right right and he's like i'm not gonna beg you and she says beg me you didn't even ask me (laughs) rector hardly knew her (laughs) (laughs) and she tells him like i've had other offers and everyone thinks that you do all of my work and she realizes at the moment like even you 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 think that about that basically i that you create the ideas and I just like write them down essentially. And she says she does not want to make a career of being there so you can kick me when you fail. Not a good start for this conspiracy. Right. Don has nothing to say almost. <laughs> Except for, I guess I'll talk to Kurt and Smitty. She's like, is that a joke? No. Is that a fucking joke? Don's more likely to bring nobody and do all the creative himself <laughs> yeah. than talk to Kurt and Schmitty about yeah. coming. <laughs> yeah. You just and know who they are. She senses that immediately. It is not even close to a, a legitimate threat that's going to sway her. <laughs> so they're going to have to try someone else all right so much for absolute secrecy strike one yeah <laughs> no but absolute say certainty what you will here. is peggy ain't gonna say shit about it no that's true you know and he doesn't even warn her that and yeah. i think that's probably like 
Yeah. That at least she's not going to do. It was almost a no, you know, even if you fail, it's a no fail proposition because Mm -hmm. she doesn't, I don't even think she cares enough to like start spewing stuff about this. No. Um, And even if she did, she wouldn't. Yeah. She's more, she's more focused on like how shitty Don was about it than anything. But kind of a true shocking uh, moment between the two. Yeah. I fully, I remember watching this and fully expecting Peggy to just come along. Yeah. Um, And then she bucks her character arc Mm -hmm. uh, with this, with this scene. Yeah. Well, I think we've kind of, yeah, we've seen that throughout the season is that she's like, you know, at least entertaining some, you know, like some semblance of her professional identity outside of Dawn. And Mm -hmm. this is starting back with the, you know, the Bobby Barrett era of like, slowly realizing her worth hearing things from the outside that make her realize it help her realize it too you know seeing how much more valuable she has been to dawn compared to kinsey when they've been put like tete a tete yeah and yeah and then the shine's just kind of worn off of dawn i think too for yeah her. like she's worked with them long enough she's more than repaid the opportunity he's given her right and now she just wants the next step which is some actual respect and appreciation yeah and it's not there uh excuse me yeah Exactly. So, well, who else are we going to try but Pete? And Pete's a rat himself. Pete, we have, you know, Don and Roger were told, and I don't know, there was some scene or some, like, thing where Roger had to come here, too. I don't know what, what do you think the discussion was of that, of, like, that it can't just be Don or it can't just be Roger. It has to be both of them going to talk to Pete. Roger's his boss. Roger's head of accounts. Yeah. I think that's it. And Don is just... But they work with Don. I mean, mm-hmm. you know. And I think they both realized that you need the pitch man there. And yeah. that's Don. Yeah. And like we said, there's some other aspects to their relationship that I think Don wants to be there. And yeah. they're coming in as partners now. They're coming in, Don yeah. and Roger. So right. they both need to be there. Yeah. And uh, it shows that they have a united front. Yes, you know? exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But um, Pete was gone today. Not because he was sick, but he was playing hooky so he could take interviews other than at Sterling Cooper. At Ogilvy, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> man, it's so nice to follow up a kind of heavy scene that we might see the quote-unquote breakup of Don and Peggy mm-hmm. with with this scene, which Trudy absolutely owns this scene. <laughs> yeah, but, some uh, comic relief Yes, here. exactly. Um, so we come, we come to the apartment with Pete frantically putting on a bathrobe on messing up his hair and he's like trudy i have to look sick and she looks at him and she's like you do yeah <laughs> flat she's oh. like annoyed and notable can uh notable cameo by the chip and dip trudy's oh. filling it up as they're getting ready for roger and don to come over oh, so the funny. chip and dip is on the table that's yeah. what she's putting the stuff in see i thought that was an odd detail that she was she trying to like imply that he had just been like laying on the couch all day because well, otherwise, isn't it odd? Or is she, like, thinking they're going to stay for a while? She's going to have to charm them into giving him a job? Like, why is she uh, putting out a chip and dip for this facade? I think it's standard presentation. Your bosses come over, and you You've want to have some something le- read- ready. Yeah. Um, you know, you want to be a good hostess and all that sure. stuff. So she's doing that. that. Yeah. Exactly. Her Trudy stuff was yeah, exactly. she's very attentive to that yes, kind of thing. Yes, exactly. So. Yeah. But um, then Trudy answers and she's like oh what a pleasant surprise and they see pete and they're like yeah how's it how are you we've been calling all day and pete pete thinks that basically they found out he's interviewing that they're here to like fire him or to like chew him out and like you know exactly that's all he thinks is going on right 
So that's why he's so nervous. And um, she asks if she can take their coats, as in, like, are you going to stay a little bit? And they say, no, we're fine. And then it's dead silent. Yeah, we're going to keep the mafioso look for this. So it raises Pete's hackles even more, probably. Yeah, they're going to look like Enzo the baker in Godfather <laughs> standing outside where they're like, you just got to tuck your arm, your hand in your coat and look like... You've got a gun in your coat. Good old Enzo. What a pull. Good I think pull. Enzo, right? I think, I think you're right, yeah. Enzo. Yeah, the baker. Um, but, yes. <laughs> We're in an intimidation mode here. Then, But that's just so, what Pete thinks. That's not the case. Yeah. It's not intimidation mode. No. It's just like, we've got to make this move. We, this conversation is going to be quick. Um, there's dead silence. And then Trudy's like, okay, I'm going to go change the sheets. And yeah. she excludes herself from the conversation. And Pete looks terrified. And then they tell him, yeah, we're here because the company's being sold. We're not firing you. But it's pretty clear they knew that he was probably searching for other jobs. Yeah. And if they didn't know, they knew when they showed up here. Right. There's just something not right about this. Because mm-hmm. they tried to call him all day, they said. And uh, uh, yeah. and they can see Pete. They know Pete. Yeah. He's terrified. He's a yeah. And he's a li- like, not a good liar. Right. And as Don says in the scene, they understand why he was looking for another job, too. Yeah. But And they're like, you know. So we're talking to you about joining us with the new business, not because we're firing you. And Pete's like, oh, oh, what is it that I'm getting more adjectives added to my title? Don't bother. I have other plans. And then we hear from the other room, Peter, may I speak to you a minute? <laughs> Trudy coming in and just be like. It's so good. It's changing. Thinking she's, that she was like, I need to stop you in your tracks. She's doing what you thought Allison should be doing and listening in on the. Yeah. Uh, She's, you know. of course, she's listening to the whole thing. Yeah. Of course. She's right around the corner. But Pete doesn't need to do that. Great reaction from everyone when they hear that. Yeah. A little bit of humor, a little bit of like, exasperation from Pete. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But then they get to, they get to the deeds and they're like, we need, we need you and we need accounts. And he first is like, oh, so Ken said no. And they're like, we didn't ask him yet. Yeah. So checkbox number one. Yep. They did the right thing if they actually wanted Pete. Yeah. Right? Because certainly they... They knew that that's a thorn in his side. And they couldn't the have promotion. both. Uh-huh. And Ken would probably say yes if Pete said no, but not vice versa. Ken would leverage this. Yeah. But he would to go... To a different extent. Yeah. But Ken also might see a lot of uh, upside to going to McCann. Right. He'd be like, I don't want to work as hard. hard and more yeah. of a growth opportunity, too. Right. For him to bumble his way to success. <laughs> yeah. But um, they're like, you know, we don't just need your accounts. We need your talents. And Pete's like, well, what are my talents? And they say, Roger says, you'll do what it takes. And Pete's like, no, I want to hear it from him. Yeah. I need the full sale. Yep. Just and like Roger did. Needs the groveling. You know? Don needs to come back to the table. And just like Peggy did. Yeah. You know, they need to hear Don get off the horse. <laughs> if <laughs> you will. Not a good. Uh, if you will. <laughs> and, and basically tell them. Exactly what they like want to hear. Like you are from important him. to me what he's, specifically. Yeah. What he's withheld for all the duration of the show. They basically. all just want dad to say they, he loves yeah. them. Yeah, and I need and he needs them. Yeah. So um Don, you know, gets to it. He's like, You saw this, I think the turmoil coming. We didn't. You're ahead on a lot of things and they talks about some of the like accounts related things Pete has been ahead on. All accurate. All things that got shut down one way or another by yeah. the clients. We're talking about Admiral TV. We're talking about clear cell, like aeronautics, uh-huh. like all this stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. that Pete has been like 
had his finger on the pulse of and has kind of been dismissed, but they've been clocking it. They've been acknowledging it. They've been noticing it. And he says that they need Pete to help them keeping forward, or I do anyway. Really good. Ding, ding, solid, ding. Solid pitch from Don, yeah. for sure. And then Pete says that he wants to be partner and have his name in the lobby. And like, <laughs> there's not going to be a lobby, my friend. We're talking, you know, this is the the ramshackle yeah. crew of Mis- the Island of Misfit Toys right. coming up together. But then Pete hops up. And even though he claimed that he doesn't have a saddlebag full of accounts yet, he hops up and gets the book that had clearly just been brought to his last interview that mm-hmm. day and rambles off the accounts that will come with him if he leaves. Right. And then says, I don't think you get conditions. Um, and this and, makes Roger smirk. Another yeah. great reaction. He's so um, proud. Yeah. No, and I think that this is the point where he thinks it's, they made the right call yeah. going to Pete. Because, again, yeah, Pete has yeah. some... He's like, we need someone with some... Ambition, ambition, and exactly. We'll cut you down, you know, to 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 help. Yeah. So exactly. Um. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, if you get us eight million dollars in accounts by Sunday, we will make you a partner. And he says, what if I come up short? Not an option. Yep. And Pete agrees. He says, I don't really think I have a choice here, so no time to think about it. I'm there. I'm with you. So they leave. Um, and then. Immediately, Trudy pops out from around the corner. Yes. Faster than uh, any sheet changing may have uh, (laughs) allowed. Yep. And he's like, you got to call Secor. Grab my Rolodex. I threw it under the bed, probably hiding it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And sound like a secretary. Have him meet me at the St. Regis tonight. And then Trudy grabs him and gives him a kiss. She's like turned on by his ambition and that he's become a partner. So Trudy goes into secretary mode. And we have another piece of the gang assembled, huh? Yep, we're getting there. So then Don and Roger, I guess, go out for celebratory drinks because they've gotten Pete. A well-deserved break. 500% batting or 50% batting right now. Yeah. Well, if they count Lane, then... Yeah, I mean, you know. they've made good strides. The yes. conspiracy's in motion. Yeah. So, I mean, you probably need to drink just, like, the stress <laughs> of all of yeah. the shit that you're doing. Right. It's a lot. They've got a big weekend ahead of them. And they're like, can't believe he's going to leave that little shit. Yeah. <laughs> Pete is a little shit. Yeah, so obviously they... I, I We don't know yeah. how how when they found out. But they, yeah. But it's they pretty got the, yeah. They got the point, for sure. But then Don needs to change topics. Um, he needs Roger's help with finding a divorce attorney. And Roger responds, ah, oh, so it's true. Mm. Beg pardon? Yeah. <laughs> um, Don is like, excuse me? Excuse <laughs> um, Yeah, That is a direct quote. <laughs> <laughs> but Don is like, no, you need to tell me what you're talking about. Yeah. Roger immediately is like, oh, no. God like, damn it. Why did I say that? <laughs> I was going to tell you. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> but he's like, yeah, Henry Francis. And Don is like, who? Because he doesn't remember meeting this guy at the wedding in Or March. at the derby party. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess they talked, yeah, they met at the derby party. They didn't, I don't know that they talked at the wedding, Don and Roger. Or Don know. and um, Henry. I don't think so. But, yeah, he's like, I don't know who that is. But finally... You know, he's like, he gets Roger to say, it's like, oh, yeah, like, they're a thing, apparently. So, and he, Henry was talking to his daughter about Betty. It sounds serious. Um, and my daughter's friends with his daughter, so that's how I heard about it. Yeah, just another example of 
for as much as Don's gang, he's still outside of the social circles. Right. The discussion there. It's just like when he was with Bobby and she said, oh, you are well known around town. Yeah. And he's for like, your what? Exploits. Yeah. And he had no idea. And here he didn't know. But we saw what we saw the glimpses at the wedding. Mm-hmm. We've seen this whole relationship build between Henry and, and Betty. Right. There have been other people there. Yeah. And his daughter was dancing with him at the wedding while he was staring at Betty. So yeah, right. it's it's there. Uh, who knows if Don just doesn't care through all that. Don just doesn't notice. Yeah. Well, he certainly yeah. didn't notice He didn't notice wedding. this, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Roger's like, yeah, well. He's like, I, was, I thought you knew. Well, I was going to tell you. No, I wasn't. Like, he's just like, Ugh, yeah, you know, I'm not. I mean, they're coming off of, like, a tough period in their friendship, so I think it's, like, Rogers right. kind of wasn't going to share stuff. No, and he regrets it. Yeah. I think he, re- I think he regrets it because now he has, to, he has to be the one to tell Dawn. Yeah. And well, he's like, I don't want to know about Well, that yeah, and he get. didn't know yeah. that Dawn didn't know. Right. If Dawn's ready for a divorce. Like, we've yeah, seen what the thought, laws like, were. Yeah, she did she like, wait for some other dude. Yeah. yeah. So, <sighs> rough. Yeah. So yeah, we get two straight apologies from Roger. Sorry I told you, and then sorry that you're getting divorced. Right. Um, um, but this one is a much more believable moment of maybe they are patched things getting up back completely. Around it. Yeah. yeah. Even though it's probably a disaster mm-hmm. for Roger to have said anything, but not as much of a disaster as this. Uh, yeah. Which is Don coming home and confronting Betty that he knows that. Uh, behind the divorce is also the person that she's like romantically involved with right now. That's a nice way of putting it. They put it much more brusquely in the show. Um, a difficult scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, he is like physical and kind of rough with her, and I, I didn't like care to see that. Yeah, it's difficult. Um, um, in a way, probably a cathartic thing for their marriage ending. <laughs> it seems yeah. um, not to endorse anything that is said or done in the scene. Um, yeah but you need one more blow up i think to number one establish that don now accepts what's happening and accepts that a divorce is yeah very likely out of his control um yeah well i think the thing for don was and again not in um in a way to explain what he how he acted but like for him he was like, oh, she's so upset and hurt by the name thing, by the ident- identity thing, which is a huge lie, but, like, that's the only thing motivating the divorce, and therefore, like, I am the only, like, all the fault is on me. But now he's like, oh, no, you have, like, someone else yeah. you're trying to be married to, or you're, like, with. Like, this is also, or more about that relationship than it is about my conduct. He might even call it a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, um, you try to pull the wool over my eyes yeah. and make me out to be the only, like, bad actor in this situation. Right. Um, which, again, maybe that's just perfect timing for Don to save his own face in this whole argument. Um, yeah. As his, as we've seen, as we've seen in the scene since um, the Dick Whitman conversation, he's been gaslighting and denying or that gobbling. anything's weird, yeah. blaming things on... The Kennedy assassination for her feelings. All yeah. of that. How long kind of is stuff. that one gonna work? For yeah, like you can't just keep. Yeah, stop blaming Kennedy well, for your problems. What was that movie where it was like 
some, like quite a while later and some guy's trying to explain something he did is like you know i really i really feel like i didn't really get over 9 <laughs> 11 I, I can't remember he's like i was really impacted by that I mean, it was like in 2014 <laughs> or something oh man yeah um but yeah not card drum table yeah yeah but again he is like physical with her in a way that's like bad and um not right. excusable even regardless of whatever emotion is here. oh absolutely absolutely but what we do get to is a final standoff which mm-hmm. is you know i'm going to reno and you're going to let this happen mm-hmm. and he says you know what you're not going to get anything and yeah. i'm going to take the kids and he says like really cuttingly god knows they'd be better off yeah Ooh. which is like a really nasty thing to say to a co-parent right um and he calls her a whore and again shoves her around and that wakes gene up god knows what would have happened if gene hadn't started crying yeah the show conveniently uses that as a way to get out of uh what could have been a lot worse it seemed like that was something that was escalating right yeah and she's like no now you're like out of the house like we're not even waiting around. Like, yeah. you can't stay in that room. You're gone. Like, you know, you were violent around, like, the kids. Like, that's not okay. Yeah. So, yeah. That is over. <sighs> yeah. So, uh, let's move move on to the next bit of right. the plot here. I'm sure there's a lot more to unpack there, but we don't need to do that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, the next day... This is, I think, the Saturday of the secret weekend where they're going in to steal <laughs> steal everything. Yeah. Strip this place. Again, like the Grinch. The heist day. Which yeah. is like taking even the candy canes out of the sleeping who children's hands <laughs> while they're like laying in that bed together. You're done. Every last bit. Every last crumb he takes. Um, so Crane and Pete get in the elevator together. And Pete's like, yeah, okay. Like, he's like, I'm a little scared. And Crane's like, of what? <laughs> Pete's like, wait, why are you here? And he's like, I don't know. Cooper just told me to come in. First, they're cleaning the carpets. <laughs> and they're not cleaning the carpets. I'm just here. I don't know. Oh, and man. Pete's like, oh. He's like, what about you? He's like, I'm working. Yeah. So he's, like, worried that crane doesn't know and he's gonna stumble in on the heist of the weekend right <laughs> so he screams as they walk into the office harry crane is here yeah and they're like don't worry we called him We're yeah good. some people get a full scene of pitch um cooper just threatens crane <laughs> into joining this operation yeah. here and he, yeah he he tells him he's like he tries he's like i want to call my wife and talk about it he's like no uh offense but um you can't because basically if you say yeah. no we're gonna lock you in here until, until monday because you're gonna blab yeah right but they <laughs> that's that's what makes crane so interesting right is that he's he's carved a position for himself that definitely outranks the respect he's garnered from anybody else in the office oh yeah he is essential <laughs> to their new thing yeah. but yeah. he did not get his own pitch like you said no. they're like yeah no they're like we well and maybe like, sink or swim maybe it's not so much about Crane and their lack of respect for him as it is just the fact that they needed him under every circumstances. Yeah. So they were going to just strong arm threaten him, him into joining yeah. the, the operation. Whatever it was, it doesn't take much. He does not call his wife. And he's um, like, And he's just right. in. That's yeah, it. He's in. 
and you know there are it's it's the rest of the it's right at that point i think it's roger cooper and just is don there no not yet no it's lane is there yeah roger cooper lane and, lane. and now pete, pete and, and harry. harry yes and so they're like you know telling him kind of about that they need to gather all these things blah blah blah. they're looking at these sheets and they're like i don't know where these things are i don't know what like what these numbers are what this information is that we need to pull and roger's like i'm gonna go make a call and he is warned again too like you know just like crane couldn't call his wife like you can't be calling people and spreading anything around and roger's like i'll be discreet right we don't see at that point who he calls but we will find out and why and then they're like hey why is don not here Don has dressed up in his finest clothes and brought his kids into the living room, which uh, usually means trouble. Yeah. I don't know about you. We didn't really have a living room, but I know my grandparents on both sides like a formal did not room. want us in the living room as kids. Ever, yeah. If we could help it. Yeah. Um, it was only for very special occasions. <sighs> but these guys are in their Sunday best. Maybe that we haven't seen since that one afternoon where they drink a ton of Bloody Marys together. Uh-huh. Um, I love the sweater over a button-down button look down. on Dom. Very, they both look very good. They're both dressed to a T for this. This is a for, in, in casual wear, though. Yes. Like in their Sunday casual. Right. Um, but, yeah. Bobby immediately comes in and he's like, what do we do? Like, why are we in the living room? Because, yeah, it's it's a formal place to them. And we know why they're here. We know exactly what they're doing within minutes. Yeah. Um, within seconds, when Bobby says that, uh, you know, he's like, "No, not in trouble." You're like, oh no, this is this is the formal notice. Yep, having a divorce. Ugh. Um, and it sucks. It's but they don't say those words. They say no. your dad's moving out. Right. Well, because that word is probably not in any Their child's lexicon. Yeah. Uh, at this point in time. Yeah. Um, so they're trying to. Simplify it. Well, that causes a whole other bunch of problems. And in a lot of ways, this scene is very, like, stereotypical of the, the conversations you've seen before. Movies, uh-huh. yeah. It's like not even these two compelling characters can get around um, the even, suckiness even, of that situation. Yeah, even giving the flashback uh, that Don had earlier. It's like, oh, no, he's going to do something that's two. inevitably going to you know, harm their children's psyches. I don't know how far that goes, but, like, how could this not? It's always a huge event. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Betty's like, you know, we're going to stay here. He'll come to visit. And they ask why. And that's Don just tries to divert again. He says, it'll only be temporary. And Betty is looking at him over the kid's head, like, shaking her head, like, don't do it. Yeah. Don't say that. And she's like, they're like, oh, is it going to be like when you were at the hotel? And Betty's like, it's going to be different. Because she's trying to, she wants to soften the blow too, but she doesn't want to create bad expectations, and she doesn't want Don to think she's going to soften up. Right. And And Don desperately does not want to admit, give the sense that he's abandoning the kids. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And he would rather like mislead them a little bit than right. They're stupid. Get into the full emotional yeah. weight of it. They're stupid kids. Let's lie to them until they figure it out. Yeah, we keep saying know? it's temporary. We keep saying it's temporary, yeah. and then before they know it, it's been right ten years. Yeah, and I'm sending you off to college. <laughs> sending you. By the way, your mother and I are not getting back together. 
Oh, God. <laughs> um, anyway, of course, Bobby thinks it's his fault immediately. He's like, are you doing this to punish me because I lost your cufflinks? Oh, oh no. no, it's so sad. And, and then... Yeah, it has nothing to do with you. And then Don said, that's not what I meant, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, God. That what a ro- tough conversation. <laughs> it's like the Royal Tenenbaums where Royal, there's a flashback to when they're kids and he's telling the kids that the that they're getting, they're telling the kids that they got a divorce, blah, blah. And they're like, is it our fault? He's like, no, no, of course not. He's like, though raising children does put pressure on a marriage in a way that like probably contributed to it or something. <laughs> like, Hey, honesty, I guess. Yeah. Um, we don't have any sense that they blame the kids oh, for no, this at no, all. No, no. You know? um, um, which is nice. They actually take some accountability, I think, and yeah. own this as their own. But they just don't know how to explain it to sad, kids. How could though. you? Yeah, like, imagine how devastating and this is so on both sides. And they're so little, too, yeah. and they have no con- – like you said, it's like they don't have context for this. Most of their friends' parents are married because divorce was so hard to obtain. Yeah. But Sally is suspiciously silent at first through and this. We know that, you know, she's been... She has a better sense of what's... Of yeah. the issues, I and, think. And she's she was really emotionally hit hard by the death of Jean. Mm-hmm. She views her mother as more of, of, you know, as more creating, like, conflict between her and her father. Like, she views her mom as the bad guy and dad as the good guy a lot of the time. But now she's like, what uh, did you... She doles out the blame equally here. Yeah. Um, and it could not be different from what Bobby's trying to comprehend. She's already ready to say, you lied to me before about leaving, mm-hmm. and now you're lying again. It's, and she tells, and she says, Betty, and you must have caused him to leave because yeah. you made him sleep in Jean's room. Exactly, and it's scary up there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, she is scorchers with both of them. She walks off, and they just let her be, even though yeah. Don wants to go after her. Well, first Don tries to put the put his fist down and say, no, you stay here. Yeah. It's like, you no. just can't. Yeah, at this even, point, she's just got to go. Even that. And then, of course, that's when Bobby just sees everything actually mm. happening before his eyes. You know? And he runs. Yeah. He says his dad, he's like, please don't go. I don't want you to. Oh, so God. sad. That's like, horrible. It is. And he's like, you got to be a big boy for me. He's a little and so sad. Yeah. And just right in the middle of everything else, um, the way things are moving in this episode, so mechanically towards, you know, we saw this move towards divorce, mm-hmm. um, and we see what's going on at the company, this coup that's taking place, and you just forget that they might just stick a scene like this into the, into the episode and say, reminder, uh, there's huge fallout from things that's going on. This isn't just watching Don and Betty or all of the other characters that we follow closely, like weasel their way into another situation. There are things that have to be confronted here that even the selfishness of the two of Don and Betty cannot, uh, overcome without dealing with. And that this seems just, yeah, there's just always a lot of fallout. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's tough. So yeah, that, yeah, I mean, we were watching this episode again for this, and, uh, you know, watching things going, remembering how great the episode was, and, and then, then you just like, see them all sitting down in the room, like, oh, oh no. Yeah, I was like, I cannot oh, watch this again. It's oh, so sad. no. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and that's where we are. So yeah. the divorce is... At this point, you got to go it. through with it, because you traumatize the kids. We know what's happening. Already. Yeah, yeah. We, we know. 
So, yeah. Don has more work to do. <laughs> right. Right from this hard conversation, now he's got to go have another hard conversation. Yeah, we got to finalize the gang, don't we? Which is that he's to, he has to and will and what you know is inevitable when she said no, pitch Peggy again. Yes. Because he's not going to let that. Unlike if they'd having Cosgrove, they would have just let if taken his first no at face value. You think so? Yeah. yeah. Peggy, no. He's got to have her. I think, yeah, I think so, too. Ah. Right-hand woman. And he makes a pitch of a lifetime. Again. Mm -hmm. She doesn't even want to let him in the door. She says he looks terrible. Yeah, he does. Yeah. You look terrible, too. When you tell your kids that they're... uh, Dad's moving (laughs) out. Dad's moving out. Yeah. She's like, can I get you anything? He's like, yeah. Come with me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But he's like, you know why I don't want to go to McCann? And she's like, you don't want to work for someone else. That's what she takes. She's like, you're too like full of yourself that you can't be not the top like creative dog and a thing. And then he gives this like this whole pitch. Because there are people out there who buy things. People like you and me. And something happened. Something terrible. And the way that they saw themselves. Is gone. And nobody understands that. But you do. And that's very valuable. I mean, he basically, it turns out he listened to all of her complaints, which yeah. is kind of surprising. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we necessarily would have thought that. Um, but he comes back, and who knows if it's sincere. I think this is pretty sincere. Yeah. I don't get a weird sense of it's being overly so. yeah. um, cynical. Um, did, he, did you take his comment about, like, something terrible happened and then people saw themselves differently? Was was he referring, like, do you think, to, like, things that they've seen in the time they've worked together where there's been a tragedy and they've they've thought about, like, the conception of how that changed people's I, views, like... After the Kennedy assassination, people saw themselves differently, and not everyone has like the creative like mind to like have noticed that. I think possibly that feeds into it. I think that might be a little too long term of a retrospect for Don, especially yeah. given what we've seen in this episode and what's going through his head of mm-hmm. terrible things happening yeah. um, between his own childhood mm-hmm. and between the divorce and what he just went through. Um, yeah, but I and guess he's kind he's, of rephrasing that. And, yeah, but he's saying that he and Peggy are like better attuned to like the human, like the human thought process. He's like, you and I know, like, yeah. oh yeah, no, how people change before yeah. they even realize it, and therefore we can sell to them, right? And he finally he puts her in his group of peers. Yeah, I think, he's like he you and this. me. Yes. We're you get it, special and I get and we're it. Smart. Uh-huh. Yeah, and. uh and I think, too, the piece of, like, I don't think I can do it alone anymore. And like, will you help me? Not yeah, come yeah. with me. Not yeah. come like, work for me. you need to contribute yes. for, my, for both of us to succeed. I need yeah. you, too. Yeah, he spends, he spends it as they're a team. Yeah. Um, which, again, I don't know if you believe it or not, but, but it is what it yeah, is. it comes off. And it gets security. to her, yeah. of course. She's That's like exactly what she was hoping for. Yeah. Really, I think all she was yeah. hoping for is if he just said... Will you come with me? Yeah. If he had like, just said I respect that, you a lot. I yeah. want you on my team. Yeah. If he had just said that at the beginning. Instead of like, Peggy, get your things. We're yeah. going. Pack it up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. 
And then she's still thinking about refusing and mm-hmm. worried that he'll hold it against her forever. And we get another world-famous line from the show. I will spend the rest of my life trying to hire you. Whew. You tell me that's not going to work? Yeah. Yeah, no way. Does. That works on everybody. That's a 100% success rate of a line, I think. Yep. So the, the, the group is coming together, but we have another key component. One would say a surprise component. Indeed. Um, they hinted at it throughout the season, but... Yeah. Who's really indispensable to this team? Yes. Right. No way. That she is on par with Lane as necessary to get this thing off the ground. Yeah. Joan. We see the group come in, and Joan Joan comes up in the elevator. Struts in. What a, what a great strut to come yeah. in. Return to the kingdom. Yep. In her casual clothes, she's got her cardigan and button down and, you know, black pedal pushers and... They're like, hey, they're, someone says, what is she doing here? And Roger's like, you said to be discreet. It's like, yeah. D- yeah. Joan will be discreet. None of us can pull off this heist if we don't know what we're supposed to steal. This is what it comes down to. We can't <laughs> read the shorthand. We don't know what any of this stuff is. Yeah. And within seconds, she says exactly what they need to do. We need the blueprints to the Bellagio. <laughs> yeah, right. To the, or what is it, the, the vault that has, like, the three casinos. Right. Yeah, exactly. She is. So. I'm trying to see who she would be in Ocean's Eleven. I think but. that's Danny that had, but she's not the same way, but I think it's Danny that had the plans. Um, I can't Maybe Dell, sort yeah. of like the tech guy. The tech person. They need someone that has like the knowledge, the like operational knowledge here. Yeah, we didn't put enough forethought into assigning uh, them their <laughs> Ocean's, Ocean's Eleven Ocean's characters. characters. But that's okay. She needs, we're, welcome sight for everybody. Yeah, We've, everyone's like, oh good. After spending this entire season watching her... Uh, personal life be a living hell yeah um it's great to see her back and and... yeah and then soon after she arrives don comes in with peggy and peggy just looks out and chirps hi yeah everyone and pete's face falls when he sees that she has been taken along too he's like we are like equal we're the young bugs yeah yeah we need both of them yeah but this is the team we got it and don sees joan he's like oh yeah joan what a good idea like duh we should have called her earlier. Um, and, yeah, she knows exactly what all the stuff on their little list is. And she's like, you know, based on this, you have to start in the art department. They go over to the art department. Someone has put one of those, like, music note F symbols before it. So it says the fart department on the door, <laughs> which is great. It's locked. Yeah. And then Don just kicks in the door. He's like, at this point. Who cares? Yeah. You know, if you're going to steal a bunch of property, why not destroy some too? Yeah. And then they're, you know, they're working into the night, like, writing client letters, all this stuff. Roger, Joan, and Peggy are at the table and, like, talking to each other. Roger asks Peggy to eat coffee, and she, without even looking up, says no. Yeah. So we've got another sense of, like, the company structure evolving Mm -hmm. as this new one comes in, along with the times, you know? Yeah. And uh, we just see a different hierarchy forming than we've spent the last three years with. Yeah. Um, Peggy's like... Peggy's no, not. Peggy's not, not doing any secretarial roles anymore. Yeah. And she's like, you guys need me. You guys want me. Like, don't yeah. even. And then on the way out, um, Don kind of pulls Joan aside and asks, again, this is just something where it's like, a, you know, Joan would be the best person to ask for help with this because she just knows and is dialed in everything. But he's like, I'm going to need you to find me an apartment. And she says, Furnished says for the time being and she says i'm sorry because there's only one thing that means this is not her first time finding someone a a furnished apartment i think yeah Um. yeah so uh 
yeah, they're kind of wrapping it up, and then it's it's just Don and Roger alone. Our next Ocean's Eleven moment. <laughs> who is standing at the Bellagio fountain at the end? Yeah, they pulled it off, huh? Yeah, but Roger asked Don, "How long do you think it'll be? It'll take us to be in a place like this again?" Don says, I never saw myself working in a place like this. You worked there for over three years, yeah, Don. Yeah, you were happy to get the job. What a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But listen, they need aspiration right now. Yeah. They need motivation. They're like, we're, yeah, we're making something of our own. We're going to revolutionize the biz. <laughs> by having another advertising agency run by white men. With half of the, the same clients. <laughs> in the 60s in New York City, already on Madison Avenue. <laughs> yeah, with a ton of capital. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well. We're rich white men. We're entrepreneurs. <laughs> oh, man. But well, we see them leave. Uh, yeah, Roger tells them, don't even bother locking the door. They go out. <laughs> but Don still does lock the door. <laughs> yeah, like, let's let's give them a moment where they don't know quite what happened yet when oh, they arrive. Man. And the thing is, when people walked in, they didn't necessarily know because the, like, main secretarial desks are fine. The door is locked, blah, blah, blah. But when, once Allison goes into Don's office, she screams, we've been robbed. This, this just, there's just no way that such a clean breakaway is possible, I yeah, feel like. Right. right? Yeah. Like, to be, have everyone be that discreet, to have everyone be that efficient in doing this over one weekend. Yep. To clear out enough to start a multi-million dollar advertising agency. <laughs> In 1963. I mean, well, it can't happen. It couldn't happen today. No, no. Too many cameras, too much other stuff going on. People, yeah, people posting on their stories. Yeah, security would know, all that. But here, it just takes one weekend. Yep. Allison comes in, doesn't, not any the wiser. Yep. And then, um, (laughs) remember that, like, part of this is like a facade of Lane having told them they fired, they fired the crew and then, like, you know, he goes into work like nor- like things are normal on Monday morning. And um, Sinjin's been on his third attempt on the phone. Mr. Hooker's like, you got to get on the phone. Like, yeah, you know, he's irate because he's like, what in God's name is going on? Why did you fire the top three executives at Sterling Cooper over on Friday afternoon? Right. And this is the final part of the plan. And yep. Lane had Sinjin pin- picked so well. That it worked perfectly because Lane could fire the other three, but he probably cannot uh, get out of his own contract. Yeah. And so, so he gets fired for... <laughs> for costing us millions for insubordination, for lack of character. Yeah, remember which one of those comes first. Yeah. That's obviously the most important. Yep. And Lane just says, very good. Happy Christmas. <laughs> Hangs up, tells Hooker that he's done. Put all his stuff in storage. Yep, you're in charge and you're going to find out what this all means soon enough. And mercifully, you're not coming with us. Yeah, so we're God, done with Hooker. No. That was yeah. probably one of the negotiating we, points for Joan, I'd yeah, say. Like, not not that I think they would have brought him anyway, but... Yeah. Then we see the gang at the hotel that they're going to be working out of for the time being. Yep. The Pierre. They're in a nice the big suite. Um, Joan is kind of pointing out you know, where each department is going to be. She says, you know, these people are going to share the desk. Media will be in the bedroom with a TV. And Roger says, accounts gets the bed. <laughs> Priorities here. Yeah. Just um, to warn them all as well. Don't take any meetings in this hotel. Yeah. Okay. This is, we're trying to this look like a real business. Yeah. We've got, what do they think? What do you think? $35 million 
worth of accounts that they're playing around with and that they, they need, need to, to like solidify yeah. and make look professional before they leave i'm frankly i have to say i'm surprised they managed to convince so many people to go other, over to a team of six people or yeah, seven people right but it's you know the the big names that they trust yeah you know? true true if you have sterling cooper and draper that's like Right. What most of the people are there for yeah. at the business. Yeah. yeah. And yet, we hear someone on the phone saying that it'll just be Don and I. I think Pete's on the phone just saying it'll just be Don and I on the account, just like it was. Yep. In the background. Like, yeah, so, yeah. Reassuring people. Yeah. And then the phone rings and Joan answers. Good morning, Sterling Cooper, Draper Price. Woo! Wow. We've got names on the building. A new on biz. The fake building. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> it's just Harry who doesn't know what room they're in. <laughs> so yeah. It's not even a Not real exciting, call. but it, it seemed like. We're getting yeah. our first call at our new yeah, place. Yeah, a nice little vaudevillian humor moment there. Yeah. Harry still being the odd man out here. But mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> we flash back to the office and see Allison crying that Don didn't even leave a note. And everyone's <laughs> trying to, consoling her. Everyone's like huddled around the, her desk in front of Don's office. And then Kinsey, he sees, he hears what's happening. He opens Peggy's door and sees her office cleared out. It's like. Well, that's also after Cosgrove says that he tried to, that Pete tried to poach some of his clients, which, oh, so much right. for discreetness, huh? Yeah, they must right. have just made a mad dash to get a few more at the, at end. the end there. Um, yeah. Obviously, Cosgrove's probably really pissed, but we see that what this means for Kinsey is... Grim. It's it's over. Yeah. He's done. Yeah. Um, and yeah, of course, the first thing he thinks of once he heard that Don is gone is like, did he take Peggy with? And he's like... Which, which he knew. Yeah. He knew Don was going to take one, right? Yep. Yeah. And he and knew. All his fears have been confirmed, yeah. Back at the hotel, yeah, they're having com- phone convos, like, with, with clients telling him it's all going to be okay. And then Trudy shows up with sandwiches and cake. Yeah. So charming. The company mother. Yep. She's Ready the, there the to dead help. mother, exactly. It's just She's just so joyous and says, oh, I know how you boys and girls. <laughs> love to eat. <laughs> love to eat. sometimes. Feminist queen, yeah, Trudy, sometimes. being like, I know you you ladies are part of this whole thing, oh, yeah. too. Truly uh, a star turn episode for her in this in this yeah. one. Trudy really comes to comes to play. Yeah. And is just great in every scene. Yep. And I hope you'll talk about what she's wearing because the... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. She's wearing, like, one of these, this, like, bizarre, it's, like, a big, I don't know, bucket, like, bucket, <laughs> but, like, a high hat. I don't even know how to describe it. Like, a cloche, but, like, taller and with a brim. Just bizarro hat. It's, like, a furry version of what the guy in New Radicals wears in the You Get What You Give video. <laughs> That's what I think yeah. of, too. It's, like, a wool version of the fur hat that... Holly Golightly wears in Breakfast at Tiffany's <laughs> when they're off doing things they've never done before. Um, it's, yeah, really a truly uh, of-its-time look. A statement. This, yeah. this agency's looking forward. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, like, orange or red and has, like, kind of, like, like buckles on it. And then she's wearing, like, a plaid, like, cape coat and, like, a red dress or red skirt. So, yeah, she's always she, got a little look She going. came in to be seen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Make a stir. Now she can be... Like well known by this small company, yeah. Like, she can make. She's making yeah. her impression. She's like, exactly. well, I'm a partner's wife now. So exactly. Like here I am. Remember <laughs> me, Trudy? Here's your sandwiches. No, that's great. Yeah, yeah. And then so she's brought food, so people are gonna go eat. Don goes then in the into the bedroom to have some quiet time for a phone call to Betty. He's like, it's me. Silence. 
okay, <laughs> basically. Um, yeah. He says that he's gonna be working out of the pier, but she doesn't. He doesn't know where he's staying, and she's like, "Okay," but it's clear that she wants to know because he dropped that little tidbit in of like, "I'm working out of the pier, but I don't know where I'm staying." Like, what yeah. does that mean? Yep. Like, yeah. why are you working at a hotel but you don't know where you're living? Like, she doesn't get to know anymore. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but I don't know what what his turn, what his change of heart was. Maybe kind of feeling stronger in himself because he got Peggy to come over like he feels like more like he's done work on himself but he's like I'm not gonna fight you like he's had a turn with how he feels about the Betty situation yeah I I wondered that too I think maybe that the fact that he's got this company to come off the ground now yeah he's got something to put his effort into effort into and honestly yeah I think we see this with Don that we don't ever necessarily get the motivation for these types of about turns Emotional and these like turns, moral yeah. findings that he comes across. Um, yeah. So it's tough to pinpoint exactly why he decides to do this. I think we're all grateful that he does because yeah. that's, God knows that's not what we wanted to see in season four was half of a season devoted to a protracted yeah. divorce yeah. Uh, issue. Um, we get that. And yeah, I think that he's just going to be more preoccupied with this. I think yeah. he connects more. We've known he's connected more with work than his family anyway. So yeah. maybe the threat of him taking the kids, he immediately is like, oh, do I, I want to do that? Yeah. <laughs> God, yeah. unfortunate. In my but, furnished apartment. Yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah. And she, you know, she says thanks. And she, you can tell that she's sad, but like relieved. Or she's relieved, and she, but she's also they're sad because they're kind of really having the, you know, further conversation of like, no, this is really done. Yeah. Um, but don't they're still gonna get two pretty jib, passive ag- passive aggressive barbs slash um very sentimental compliments in it's they're two very interesting yeah. comments that they probably have both been thinking about for a long time to use Plenty as a vicious out. closer or as a nice reassurance to yeah. each other you know um you can read them either way i think yeah don says i hope you get what you always wanted like well, I hope you get a, a rich husband that's similar to me, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. A different rich husband. A different version. Yeah. Two, <laughs> 2.0. <laughs> that is, I don't know, better at hiding cheating on you because Don probably just assumes that that's just the standard yeah, thing no that's going to happen. She says, you'll always be their father. <laughs> like, I acknowledge your role in their life, but that's all the more you mean to me at this point. Yep. But you are... You're no longer... The uh, dad. Yep. You always will be their biological father. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's That's, that's it. She's got her little, like, lacy detail sweater, yellow sweater and pearls, and she hangs up the phone, and there we go. Yep. Don walks right out. And he sees... He sees everyone. He sees what he's built. Huge smile on his face. He's happy. He's in a good place. Yeah. You know, it's exciting new stuff. Marriage is so 1963. Yep. It's Sterling time. Cooper Draper Price is 1964. We're looking forward, not backwards. Yeah. And then Lane arrives um, after a very productive morning because <laughs> they're like, hey, how was that? He's like, oh, yeah, great. Here yeah. I am. <laughs> I'm living the dream now. Yep. And then we see... Um, you know, the next kind of steps over the next few weeks, which is Betty on a plane to Reno with baby Jean and Henry. Yeah. With a little vignette of Sally and Bobby with Carla. She's just made them chocolate milk, it looks like. And 
You gotta wonder if this is the most stable six months of those children's lives. Six weeks, yeah. Six weeks, excuse with, me, of these children's Carla. lives. Yeah, Carla yeah. is like a known quantity. Like, you she's know, she's rock. not, yeah. <laughs> she is Make the most. no mistake. Yeah, the most exactly stable force in the children's lives. Um, also, I did want to point out how big the airplane seats are. I mean, maybe they were flying first class, but they looked like, like, lazy boy size huge it's like huh those are the days yeah and then we see don getting out of cab in the village apparently i don't know how they knew that but he's maybe we learned that later in the show but uh with his suitcases going into an apartment yeah it seemed like the same neighborhood where midge lived yeah it seems like the hip area don's got Don's got people to meet, I think. Yeah. I, you know, single Don in the city, we could do worse for a premise to start season four. Yeah, we got a lot of hope. New agency, this marriage is over, um, and just a lot of uh, time, you know, time to look forward. Time to get past the tragedy of season three. Yeah. Not to say that it wasn't good, but. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot that happened. Yeah. And that's it. We yeah. made it. Season three. Wowee. Right, but last but not least, it's our final awards of the season until the, the awards. awards of the season. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. who are you going to promote? I'm going to give it to Lane because he came in and, you know, he helped navigate himself and the group out of a tough spot. He admitted when he was wrong, you know, and really crafted the whole scheme that gave them the weekend of breathing time um, and became a partner. So I, I think you know, he's doing great. I agree. I think we see Lane's value here finally, and he makes it to where he wants to make it, which is like conducts this whole thing, becomes an integral part of a team, mm-hmm. and uh, has his name on the yeah. on the building now, the so-called building. Yeah, great um, showing. Good honorable mention to Pete, who also gets partner, which he's been looking for for a long time as well. Just kind of backslides into it. Um, <laughs> by threats, yeah. <laughs> by oh, oh, bandying <laughs> threats around, essentially. The, the uh, complete reversal of fortune from Pete thinking he's going to get fired to uh, becoming a partner in a new agency. Yeah, and yeah. And getting Don to basically sell his own merits to him. Yeah. Um, that's a win. That feels good. That's yeah. a win. Who are you demoting? I mean, it's got to be Kinsey and Cosgrove coming off here as the <laughs> ones not selected to the agency that are also semi-main characters, you know? Yeah. Um, I think we all know Cosgrove is going to be Cosgrove. He's going to sail on and be fine wherever he goes. But just the way Kinsey says, damn it, opening Peggy's door. Knowing um, already yeah, what's coming. We uh, kind of uh, get the sense that he's dead weight at this move. Yep. And they're not going to keep someone like him on. And in fact, this is, spoiler alert, his last episode is a regular character. So that tells you about his future. Yeah, we will see him again. But that is a strikingly different situation than we've seen him so far. Yeah. And while, yeah, no, I, and I, I generally agree with being, yeah, I'd Kinsey in particular. Um, I also, you know, of course, we criticized and critiqued Don's behavior earlier, um, and so I would, you know, put him as a potential loser in this. Even though he does and gets a lot, you know, he has that moment, which is really, reflects really poorly on him. He learns that his wife is 
going off with another man. Oh, sure. And he has to grovel to everybody. Oh, the yeah. The whole episode. And mm-hmm. really, like, like you said, it's like he planted all these things where he was so, like, harsh on people, critical of people, and now he's having to come back around and, like, account for it. So I think he had a hard episode, too. And the place he's going to move into is not the idyllic home he lives in, oh, in Austin. Yeah. No, no, no. Absolutely. There's a lot to criticize. Maybe the first time ever in our awards that uh, someone that literally got fired in the episode gets the promotion. Yep, yep. (laughs) And then people that wildly, you know... Don very successful. He's gonna get fired. Rough episode and a lot going on yeah. for Don. So yeah. um, that's the glory of Don Draper as a character. You can pick out scenes in every episode to make him the ultimate winner, the ultimate loser. Yep. You know, definitely. But he lives to see another day. He evolves into his next form, that of a city rat. Yeah. Um, and we will look forward yeah. to watching him and how this pans out. All right. What about um, your favorite quote? Uh, the best quote is Don's pitch to Peggy, I mm. think, and how it ends. Basically saying, not only will I not never talk to you again, I'll spend the rest of my life trying to hire you. Yeah. Um, just a good line and really just sells uh, how important he thinks she is to moving on. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a great scene overall. Probably my favorite scene in the episode. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. What about you? Um, I had the exchange of, well, gentlemen, I suppose you're fired. <laughs> and then that it's official, Friday, December 13th, 1963, four guys shot off their own legs. So good. Shot their own legs off, yeah. So good, and we watch it happen. Yeah. And yet they all walk again, don't they? They do, yeah. <laughs> that was actually my pick for Sterling's gold. Yeah. was that same quote. Nice. So, I had I had that quote though Sterling had a couple of also really good quotes as usual in the episode. <laughs> Did you have a different one or? Um, I had the um, it's the most interest that girls ever had in book depository. <laughs> We're and... offered the shots on Jane now, huh? <laughs> and um, him asking Don if he's reading his will and if so, he wants the Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he had a lot of good ones. Good scene. He's just coming along for the ride yep. in this ep, and uh, that's what suits him best. You yeah. know. Big stake here, but at the same time, he's he's just having a good time. Yep. You know, he's yep. at that point where nothing's going to ruin him. Right. Um. All right. Who do you have for hottest? Are we doing hottest first, huh? Uh, I don't Our know. Outfit. Whatever. Do you want to do? Um. I mean, hottest. It's really terrible to say, but they both looked the best during the time when they were. Don and Betty both looked great breaking the news to their children that they were getting divorced. Yeah. Uh, uh, just good looks from both of them. Yeah, um, you know, I'm on record of liking Don's casual wear outfits. Yes, I believe you told me in an aside that you put it right up there with the t-shirt and khakis uh, look. Um, <laughs> look. So, um, the other one that I had that I would probably pick over that joint one is just Joan strutting back into the office. Yes. Looks great. Confidence through the roof. She's back where she can do some serious damage, and it was yeah, great yeah. to see, and it looked great. Yeah. Yeah, and that was – so those are kind of my outfits, actually, that you touched on, those casual looks. Um, and for my hottest, I liked I liked the, like, pent-up, like, sexy energy with Pete and Trudy, like, after he became partner. <laughs> she's, like, so, like, turned on by it and, like, by getting to, like, be part of the scheme with him. Um, she was, was changing those sheets for more than one reason, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. I, yeah. 
I liked that. Yeah, good one. So many fun scenes in this. Yeah, uh, really. And, and then one scenes. just fucking devastating one. <laughs> yeah, a couple devastating ones for different reasons. <laughs> yeah. Um, other outfits I liked. Uh, Pete had a great blue suit on when they're uh, stealing all the shit from the meeting. I noticed that. And actually, that. Crane's duster and scarf look in that same scene was also pretty solid, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. A lot of good looks moving moving into the new era. I think yeah. everyone was dressed pretty well so that we continue to root for them in our crocodile brains that only uh, appreciate <laughs> good-looking people and wanting them to succeed on TV. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this, this whole show is a trap for us. <laughs> um, yeah, I also liked, I liked Pete's um, fake homesick look. Oh, he, like, yeah. threw, threw on the bathrobe over his like pajamas and like and yet, mess his hair up maybe dress pants on at that point I, it was an interesting panic move there yeah good stuff <laughs> season three episode 13 shut the door have a seat has a 9.6 on imdb <laughs> yeah it does that is good for number two out of 92 have we had number one yet we have not. We'll be coming to number one next season. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Everyone yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. knows the show okay. knows what number one probably is. Yes. But highest one so far, yeah. by far. So, in your... And it won an Emmy for Outstanding Writing for a Drama Series this episode. This ep? Yeah. Awesome. So. And we will, we'll mention that again in the awards probably when we go through more specifics, I think, on that. But where do you rank it in the season <laughs> ranking? Oh, it is the top. It is certainly the top. It has to be, right? Yeah. It's too good. It's one of the most famous episodes of the entire show. Mm-hmm. Um, and not because, the, not like the last one, where it was based around the historical event and people's reaction to it. This episode, and I think we have like four or five links, historically yeah, it's, links. It's so insular mm-hmm. and it's so character driven, and yet it changes the entire outlook of the series. Yeah. It has to be number one. Yeah, um, I don't think we could get away with putting it anywhere else. Nope. So that'll be our final rankings. And you have a nice 13, 12, 11. What a final run from this season. Yeah, but I was, I was just thinking today, I was musing that perhaps we should do a ranking at the end of the season. I think we should because do one. Because I think that we get recency bias. I think that this season, especially given that it's been stretched over a year and a half. <laughs> um, over I think what? 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 I think we'll bring. I think we should in the awards episode go back and and maybe try and fine tune our uh, yeah. power rankings. And I mean, in the future, bit. that perhaps we'll do that at the end of the season rather than contemporaneously. Oh, uh, yeah. I like to do it as we go, though, too, and see yeah. how things move and shake around and our different perspectives. But I like. But... I end up like right now. I'm looking at that. I'm like, I feel like I actually like six better than eleven. But I was just all caught up in the swing well we can go back and see yeah well, we can re we can do any last minute corrections, corrections. In, the, in the third annual mmes <laughs> coming up yeah so that's Doing it errata sheet yeah yeah we have this and then we ha- have that episode our awards app and then a couple of our small bonus apps according yeah. an, a new visit to the few women that have been added to this season in don draper's life sure 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 and i believe could have another in Some store. Letters. Don't Some know. Yeah. Letters. yeah, we'll see what comes up. But we appreciate everyone's patience and continued uh, participation with us. We yeah. are we're not going to take a break or anything. No, uh, we're just going to jump right into season four as soon as we get there in the new year. Yeah. So all thanks right. again. Love you all. Cheers and uh, off to season four. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>